I'm Eric Pham. I'm Isaac Sims. And I'm Olivia Clement. And this is Flyover Film Show, a podcast about movies and TV from the perspectives of three people who hail from flyover country. This episode is about 2020 and movies. Not a great combo, but one that should make for some interesting podcast content. Yeah, pretty, pretty interesting, pretty depressing, but you know, I don't know. Real quick, what was the last movie you guys saw in theaters before before COVID hit? Uh, mine was Birds of Prey. Nice. Ooh, that's yeah. one I watched on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh. I saw The Hunt. I forget who directed it. The, oh, the, the crazy, insane. Yeah, the Ash- political satire. The super controversial one that really shouldn't have been that controversial. Why did like? Why did that movie not come out like in October? Well, because that was when the El Paso shooting happened, and they pushed it back. That that I think I think that was it. It, There was something going on. I think there was no. I feel like if it had been in yeah, if it had been in development in eighteen. You, it would have been like, hey, this is a great idea. We'll, we'll like give you the budget and stuff, but release it like in October yeah. of 2020, right before the presidential election. I feel like they could have made bank. But <laughs> my last movie was uh, an anime movie, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Uh, great movie. But before that one, if that one doesn't count, it was Knives Out. I saw that in Little Rock. And oh, that nice. was all the way back in like January. I I haven't been to the movie theater all that often before. COVID I was gonna say Knives Out. I saw that in January. Yeah, it was like the first week of January when I had finally seen that, and makes no damn sense. Compels me though. <laughs> <laughs> Rewatched it like twice on Blu-ray. Now. It's so good. Nice. It, really it is. is good. I'd also like to point out to our listeners that Eric picked up a cop a uh, the steel book of Knives Out. It was not available at the. Best Buy in Conway, but it was available at the Best Buy in Fayetteville. He picked it up and was coming back to Conway when COVID hit. That's right. So I I did not receive that steelbook until we saw each other in person like three months later. I remember when I, I picking that up, we had like scheduled like a lunch or something like Yep. The weekend or a Friday or something when I was going to be in Conway. Then like the whole Corona, it was right when the coronavirus stuff was unraveling. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm an overly cautious person. I'm like, Isaac, I might not be coming to Conway. There's this thing called coronavirus. I don't know. And I was like, oh yeah, it. bro. And then the next week, our staff had a conversation like, we have got to buckle down and figure this out. And I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, that shoot. was wild. That was wild. That was a hard Blu-ray to find. Now, um, I didn't pre-order it, so I was on the hunt for it as well. So I know you're paying, Isaac. I feel like we should have a we should name our Blu-ray Steelbook segment on this show one of these days. What do you, what do you want to name it? I don't know. It's something catchy. You put me on the spot, so I can't think I, of I'll think of something. Now. Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry. We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. But last Steelbook thing, I, uh, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was last on, one, I swear. It was on sale. I looked today to see if it was at the Best Buy in Conway, but which has since reopened, and they're doing great, and their staff is very helpful. But the Mandy, uh, the Panos Cosmatos movie starring Nicolas Cage, was on sale for $20. And I was like, Oh, is that man. a good movie? I saw that, bro. Um, we will. We had will a really talk cool about, poster. It had a we really will talk cool about poster. Mandy on the show at some point. All right. And I feel like I feel like um, it's not a Halloween movie, but you could. It, it definitely has a Halloween vibe, so you could like put it into that scary movie category. We'll probably talk about it next year. Um, I remember, and then we'll talk Isaac, about it off mic, Eric. Isaac texted me. I think it was like 
11.30 one night. You texted me after you had watched it with your buddy or whatever. And you were like, have you seen Mandy? And I was like, I, I don't even know what that is. And, and he just like sent me this very long text about like how great of a movie it is and how like insane it is and all this stuff. Um, and I just was like, okay, cool. I don't know anything about this movie, but, but awesome. That sounds interesting. I probably won't watch it because it sounds terrifying. I, uh, but you can't look away. Yeah. In the, in the I best feel like way. You said that. Yeah. yeah. You can't look away. It is completely magnetizing and electrifying. And but that's just kind of how Nick Cage is, too. He's yeah. No, he's per- yeah, he's perfect. Yeah. We'll he, talk about Nick Cage more t- on the pod, too. I'll, his acting skills may be questionable, but he'll definitely have your attention when he's on. Yes. Screen. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, before we dive into our content, I was going to give a shout out to our producer, Ready Set Podcast. They have prices to fit any budget, options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters, and they make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help you record, edit, and publish. And even if you, uh, if you have an idea of, about, of a podcast or you're not sure if you have an idea, they'll give you a free consultation. You can reach out to them on their website or social media. Their website is www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. All right, so the, the bulk of... This episode, we're going to dedicate to movies, unsurprisingly, and also how few movies came out this year and talk about what happened, some of the specifics of how Hollywood is changing because of COVID-19. And we'll talk a little bit about movies that we were really, really excited to see to see, um, and that are coming up or delayed indefinitely, uh, which I will talk about a lot, unfortunately, with my number one pick for this year that I still haven't seen yet. Um, but yeah, so that's basically what we're going to do in this episode. Do y'all have any other thoughts? Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. So Olivia, you put together this really nice timeline of events that happened this year that kind of impacted Hollywood. What was like the really big uh, first one that happened here? She um, frozen. I think she might be frozen. Oh, she is frozen. Right, row. All right. So Isaac, do you want to take that? I would also like to say that I worked on this timeline a little bit, (laughs) but no, Olivia worked on it mostly. Um, Yeah. So, oh shoot. She she gone. Um, I I thought for a second that both of us, that you and her had dropped and that something had happened with my internet. Um, Okay. So February of 2020, we'll just start from the very top. China's box office made only 3.9 million in January and February of this year. Last year, during those two months, their box office was $2.1 billion, which is so fascinating to think about. And I hadn't seen this, this point, this bullet point that Olivia had put together. Um, but it is mind-blowing that you can look at, and this we will not discuss the Chinese government in depth on this podcast. <laughs> it will inevitably come up because they are active, they have theaters and they have an impact on Hollywood and on movie production but it is mind-blowing that you can look back now and if if um if analysts had been like why why was the chinese box office (laughs) so low in the first two months of this year and then everything else that happened that we won't get into (laughs) to avoid being politically charged but that is crazy 3.9 million in January and February. And yes, that's that's crazy. And also 
not the most pressing of their problems. <laughs> I know why they honestly had $2.1 billion last year. This is a hypothesis. A Transformers movie came out last year in 2019, and those make gangbusters in China. Which one came out last year? The Last Night. The Last? No. No, it didn't. It came I think out it last did. year? Yeah, I think it did. I honestly think it came out in like the beginning of 2019. Huh. And those Transformers movies, those are just a cash grab in the Chinese market. For me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I think Olivia might be looking it up. Um, oh, I could. Well, I was very wrong. We could we could look up their the Chinese box office last year. But uh, um, March 4th, MGM and Eon Productions announced that they were going to delay the upcoming James Bond film, No Time to Die. Ever heard of it? From an April release date to a November release date. This was the first major film to be delayed in the US, maybe the first film ever, but definitely high profile. People are like, wait, why is this movie being moved? Like there, there's no other movie. There's no, it's not moving for Star Wars or a high profile Avengers or Marvel movie. It's moving because of concern health concerns um, yeah. for this as of yet um, unknown virus. And I thought nothing of it whenever I had other stuff going on in my life, whenever this, the movie moved uh, release dates. So I was like, all right, whatever. But looking back, they, they were shooting in Italy and uh, the virus was making landfall there um, whenever they were shooting. And I think that the MGM and the broccoli family were aware of what was going on and aware how, um, how damaging it was going to be. So yeah, that was like the the first big one, and it really set off just like a whole chain of events. Like uh, after that, uh, you had the NBA shutting down like a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, then from there, that was really the start of the coronavirus pandemic and lockdown and everything that happened after that, and as we know it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not a big James Bond fan, so I didn't really care one way or the other. I know a lot of people that were hyped for that movie, though. So yep. Um, I love uh, Carrie Fukunaga, who worked on the first season of True Detective, which is one of my favorite. I think both of us, uh, we all three of us love. Have you seen True Detective, Olivia? I know that you've seen the first season, Eric. Yeah. Yep. One of the greatest single, I would say, like media stories of all time. And his work on it is just insanely that That's who's directing and, the, new, the new James Bond. Mm-hmm, yeah. Wow. Yep. Is that his first movie he's directing? I don't know if it's his first movie. I think he has worked in TV. I think he worked on Maniac with uh, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Okay. But uh, I don't. I don't know if it's his first movie. I don't think so. But possibly. Nice. Yeah. So. Um. So the next the next big thing that happened was that. Uh, Onward, Disney Pixar's uh major marquee this year opened to thirty nine million. Uh, the weekend of March six and eighth and it was later or just a couple weeks later released digitally on march 20th and this was another thing kind of in this conversation that we're going to hit on a lot is just how the this the movies and film and tv are the industry is changing and it's changing predominantly how how these movies are made how you make them safely now and then also how they're distributed because it is not safe to go watch them in a movie theater um in this and we'll kind of read a, a quote from a from a health official uh from the cdc later but it's not safe to go into um a place with just one ventilation system so that's why releasing stuff uh to your home is safer now um, yeah 
when when they announced that Onward was going to be on Disney Plus, that was like the first like big out of like all the big streaming. Deal. Out of all the streaming services, I think that was like the first uh, big movie release out on them. And I remember like, wow, that that's pretty cool. Um, because they also did Mulan uh, later as well, a couple months. That was also super recent, wasn't it? When Mulan came out? Yeah, it was like uh, beginning it, of September. Yeah, it was, I think it was supposed also to Also, Olivia, out. welcome back. Hi, yeah, sorry. Power went out. Ice, ice storm and all. Um. Yeah, I think I think Mulan was supposed to wasn't it supposed to come out in like April or May and then they right. pushed it back because of it and then they just decided, oh, we're gonna release it on Disney Plus. And that came out I think in like September, early September. Or just, sorry. Yeah, like, beginning of September. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it felt it felt really significant when Disney was like, Hey, we're just gonna put it onward on Disney Plus. Did you guys watch it on Disney Plus? No. No. <laughs> yeah. Are any <laughs> of think- us are any of us Pixar heads? Mm, I wouldn't say I'm a really. Pixar head. I've I'm seen most Pixar movies, but I, I I appreciate animation. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't know. The, there's just I don't know. I just wasn't super excited about Onward. I, yeah, I, don't, the, I don't know what it was. It's got a good cast. A really good cast. Um. Are we canceling Chris Pratt? Uh, we have too much stuff to cover <laughs> to talk about Chris Pratt. <laughs> moving on i don't have anything against him but uh anyway we have we have more interesting things to talk about in this uh, episode uh so the weekend after uh onward was released was the lowest total box office numbers since october 31st 1998 the next weekend earned only 55 million dollars total which is insane (laughs) That's, yeah, this is this is crazy again. Like we are looking at the world that we live in through the lens of something that we love, movies, mm-hmm. and fifty-five million dollars is a drop in the bucket for any weekend of a modern box office. Um, the percentage drop off between weekends was greater than the weekend following nine eleven. That's that's insane. I had I had no idea about that little stat and that's just that's just mind-boggling when you think about it that mm-hmm. no one was going to see movies um so yeah it was it was crazy to think about uh when I, whenever i read that i was like holy holy crap like that's that's insane that the last time something this major there that impacted the the movie industry this in such a way was like the worst tragedy that has happened on american soil um so that was that was kind of insane so that was crazy yeah. Um, Olivia and I are both fans of the Oklahoma City. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hey, Boo. you were there. Again, you Oklahoma were there City Thunder. Temporarily. I did, yeah. Calm down. Yeah. There. Not really uh, by choice. I just I had to follow Milo <laughs> religiously wherever he goes. So, Olivia, do you want to cover this next kind of major event in our timeline? Yeah. So, on March 11th, which was a Wednesday night, I remember like specifically where I was when this happened. Uh, the Oklahoma City. S- Thunder were scheduled to play the Utah Jazz in Oklahoma City. So it was a home game for us. And news broke that one of the Utah players had been experiencing flu-like symptoms, um, but he had traveled with the team anyway. And prior to to tip off, it was announced that um, so like it was it was crazy if you had watched the like if you were watching the game as it was about to start they had like called off the players off the court and the refs like were like what is like what is happening um and it was they like canceled the game 
and, and I, like I know people who were there and they were like we didn't know what was going on they just said over this like speaker like the game tonight's game has been postponed and so everyone had to like leave and it was announced that Rudy Gobert who plays for the Utah Jazz had tested positive for COVID-19 now and so the game was called off and then shortly afterwards like it was just kind of like this domino effect across the NBA games that had already started finished but like the rest of the games were postponed and the NBA season was was canceled at that point like they they just postponed they didn't know what was going on and it was it was a ripple effect across all sporting events um but to me like what i think was so crazy about this was like i think that's when at least most americans started taking it seriously the fact that it was impacting a national sporting league that that's what did it was when when it impacted sports um because americans especially in the south love (laughs) their sports love them so um, it could uh, sp- in high school sports is now something that is controversial in some places. Yeah. But you can you can look at states surrounding Arkansas and the school districts that are allowing football and sports in general to be played or have higher <laughs> outbreak uh, case or cases of confirmed cases of COVID-19. Um, and so it's just one of these things like should we let them play and just tough it through? Is it irresponsible? And that's a, I mentioned that not to start a discussion, but just kind of, again, say, you know, s- sports are incredibly important and sports are valued uh, in, in most ways more than, than movies. And it's an, mm-hmm. it's a significant effect that it's, it's having on a, on the, on the country, not having it. And I recognize it. And I also kind of err on more on the side of, we need to be patient and not play sports until <laughs> we beat this yeah. thing. But uh, not everyone feels that way, which is okay. March 17th, which was the week that I worked or at, at my workplace, found out that uh, I, I became fearful that I may not have a job in a couple <laughs> a couple months. Uh, and I still do. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Uh, March 17th, cinemas close across the US. Cold Turkey, they're all closed, which is crazy. March 19th, Walt Disney Studios and Universal Studios announced that they would not report box office numbers. Which had never happened before, right? Like they had always. I don't think ever. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Did you guys, I don't know if we were going to, I don't know if we were going to segment this question into a later discussion, but what. What movies were you really looking forward to, like in this early part of 2020? Um, when you heard this, you're like, "Are we even going to see this movie this year?" Um, it wasn't. How are you going to see this movie? It wasn't this early, but uh, as you guys know, I was most excited for uh, the Green Knight yeah. with Dev Patel, um, and I'm blanking on the director's name. I don't know why, but he directed Ghost Story. David Lowry. David Lowry, he directed Ghost, a Ghost Story, Anthem Body Saints, and Anthem Body Saints, and the Disney live-action remake of Pete's Dragon, and it. The trailer trailer sold me. It was supposed to come out on May 29th, and it uh, is postponed indefinitely. A24 movie. We love A24. A24 is here on the yeah. Flyover Film Show. Um, I was very excited for that, and I'm still very bummed that they haven't even announced like a release date for it. Yeah, I know the the word epic is overused, but the trailer for that movie is truly epic. Oh, yeah. uh, and A24, I know you touched on it, but they come out. That studio has just come out of nowhere in like the last two or three years, and yeah, it's hit after hit. Uh, movies that are coming out from that production studio. It's it's insane. Uh, yep. What about you guys? 
Mine, uh, don't bash me too hard on this. My most anticipated movie of 2020 was Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> oh, hey. I was I looking forward to that too. Yeah, too. I, I, I truly I was looking forward to that. The trailer was... Uh, I, don't, I don't remember when the trailer came out. I think oh, it was the trailer's amazing. The yeah, trailer was, was cool. I, actually, I think it was pre-COVID. I might have seen that in, in theaters, that trailer, but I remember seeing that. I was like, I legit have like hair standing up on my arms. <laughs> I Yeah, I saw that trailer. I don't remember before what, before, before what movie, but I remember seeing it in, in a theater and thinking, oh, I have to go see this movie in IMAX. Like if I'm gonna see it, I'm gonna see it in IMAX where they well, like where everything shakes from the the planes. Like I need to see it. Yeah, um, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good movie. The director, uh, I think it's Joseph Krasinski. K- Krasinski. Um, yeah. Krasinski, um, and he's directed a, a one of my favorite movies of recent memory, Only the Brave. It's about a, a firefighting group. Um, it's, I think, based on a true story. Um, it is. And it, it's one of those movies that, uh, you know, Peter Berg, you know, how he makes all those movies with Mark Wahlberg. It's, it's, it's in the same vein as those movies, but it's, it's done really well. It has Miles Teller in it and Josh Brolin. It's, it's a must watch. Um, oh, I, rem- I saw a trailer for that. Like, it's a, it looks a little yeah. corny, the premise, but it's, I think it's based on a true story and it's, huh. it's a really well done movie. So I knew I'm, that he, di- didn't he high. direct um, Oblivion? Yes, he did. And Tron? Or was that someone yep, else? That, Tron yeah, was he his did. first movie. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. So Tron was good. So that adds like a, another extra layer of hype for me uh, for Top Gun. So that, that was my pick for my most anticipated movie. There are some others, but Top Gun was, I was, I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. And the cast is pretty awesome. Too. You can, you can tell, uh, yeah, you, you, you can tell that, I mean, Tom Cruise is just an enigma, but every, <laughs> I mean, every, honestly, like ever, ever since Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol everything that he's done yes even like jack reacher like everything he's done has turned like turns to gold yeah he doesn't just phone in phone in roles and movies um so yeah and of course top gun is one of the most uh famous like 80s right 80s franchises (laughs) movies ever so um yeah top gun maverick was my most anticipated what about you olivia uh, I was really looking forward to Black Widow. Um, I was so my friend Hannah and I we we have had this tradition where we go and see uh, these like female superhero movies together. We saw Wonder Woman together. We saw Captain Marvel together. And even at when Captain Marvel came out, we weren't even living in the same state, and so we still were able to see that together. We had already made plans for Black Widow. We were very much looking forward to. The Wonder Woman sequels that was supposed to come Ooh. out here. We were looking forward to Eternals because that was going to be a female-directed movie, and so that like th- I was really looking forward to those experiences, um, just because Hannah and I really bond over those kind of things, and and we're we both are like just super bummed about it. And um, I mean, honestly, just in general, like I was really looking forward to to this year to see movies because there were going to be a lot of great things coming out and this was going to be the first year that I was going to have time to go see a movie since I wouldn't be spending all my time doing grad school stuff so um, just overall big bummer speaking of female superhero movies you finally watched Alien I did Uh tell us a little bit about that experience quick tangent man guys Alien well worth going on Alien I watched all the all four and oh yeah i watched all four of them i Except haven't watched covenant. the prequels 
Yeah, I haven't watched the the, the prequel or Prometheus. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched either one of those. Um, or Alien so, versus Predator. I haven't watched that either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> those are not canon. <laughs> um, but Alien is fantastic. It, it is jaw dropping. Yeah. I I I it felt so. It really felt like a movie that could have been made recently. I I I, I really feel like it for like the because I don't. Did it come out in the 80s? I think it was 79. Yeah, I think it was 79. Was for some reason. Um, yeah, let me... It was back 79. when Ridley Scott was on his game. Yeah, it came out in 79. And so... And he was like, I'll direct uh, Blade Runner this next year. <laughs> yeah. Blade Runner was 82 now, I think. I think Blade Runner was 80s movie. Whatever. Directed yeah. it or whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Scorny Weaver is a... A freaking legend that was that was incredible i she can do whatever she wants forever so i i loved it i thought it was so good um and it's kind of cool like it's really cool to think about how like female-led movies like that weren't really up like weren't really popular that wasn't that a point. thing in the that wasn't a thing and no one expected her to be like the final no person. oh yeah. so good love but it, it was so it. good like i like I knew she was really like I, I I didn't realize to what extent she was kind of the main character. Like I knew she was in the other ones, but I didn't realize she was going to be like spoiler alert the only <laughs> one to like carry on throughout all of them, which was uh, really cool to see. So I yeah, big what fan. was your reaction to the chest bursting scene? Oh, so did I you knew know it was, was coming? I, I knew it was coming at some uh, point, okay. but I didn't know like when. But as soon as like as soon as I realized. Like whenever the the alien got off of his face or whatever, I I knew okay at some point it's coming, and so when they were sitting around the table eating and he was like so, like John I think it was it was John Hurt's character yeah, wasn't John it? Hurt mm-hmm. uh, he was like being really weird I was like oh I bet this is when it's gonna happen <laughs> so um yeah but that it was still crazy and insane so I uh, blank check with Griffin and David on their Patreon feed where they do franchises. They just covered alien, the alien franchise. And they, they said that, so there's a myth that no one knew what was going to happen whenever they filmed the chest bursting scene. Cause they wanted to get their reaction. They, oh. they knew oh. what was going to happen, but Ridley mm-hmm. Scott and the producers didn't tell them how much blood there was going to be. <laughs> so, wow. so like the, the shock was, them you know they knew that it was fake but then also they were so shocked by how much blood that it like their reactions were almost like as if something that graphic had happened Mm -hmm. which is so which is really cool and i just really like that so yeah i watched alien for the first time this year too olivia so it's so good yeah i so i like i understand why everyone is like yeah it's it's a scary movie or like kind of consider it to be a scary movie but i didn't really See, think it was as scary as like everyone had kind of built it up to it's be. It's one of those like atmospheric, yep. yeah, scary movies. Atmospheric intensity. Yeah, it can be like kind of claustrophobic if you think about it. Um, and I even I think on my like letterboxed review of it or whatever, I was like um, the like the guy who let them in when they when Sigourney Weaver was like, yeah. no, we can't let them in. I was like, this I feel like hits a little different post. <laughs> post covid it's yep. it's a little different than i think what it would have been like had i seen it beforehand so yeah definitely nice. everyone go watch alien it's it's great it's amazing um okay so jumping back to our timeline let's uh let's hit hit 
the timeline and, and kind of bring it up to speed where we are in filming this. Hit, in- hit the timeline like we do in Endgame. Oh, man. We're so in you're telling me, now. you're telling me Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> your past becomes your future. And if you go to the past, that past becomes your future. That's a bad Mark Ruffalo impersonation, but I, I don't know how to do him. They awesome. knew. You got that line like pretty right though. I, yeah, I couldn't I mean, recite that off memory. Yeah, I don't think I could have done that that line for sure. Well, I have no life, so it's not something <laughs> to be proud of, really. I mean, I think you have a, more of a life than like I do. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, we're you not going to You help right people day to day. You do too with your job. No, no, really. just in different ways. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this later off mic. This is getting a little <laughs> little too personal for <laughs> we didn't come here to to be personal and vulnerable like that. Um in April, Variety did an article covering just this the state of Hollywood and the movie industry, or I guess entertainment industry in general. And they estimated about one hundred and twenty-five thousand uh employees uh laid off were movie theater ushers and concessionaires across the country, nearly all of whom had been furloughed or laid off. Another 170,000 work as actors, directors, camera operators, lighting technicians, set designers, and other workers, a large percent of whom are also not working. Um, This hits home because a couple weeks ago, we recorded um, with an indie filmmaker, um, Todd Greenlee, and, and he talked a little bit about what it's like making a movie in this environment and how and how difficult it is and and how you kind of have to get it done by by collaboration and sheer force of will um because people are even less willing to help you right or right now so um june 15th the oscars are delayed until april this is uh the third time that this has happened 81 it had happened after the attempted assassination assassination of President Ronald Reagan in 1968, the assassination of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and in 1938 because of catastrophic flooding in Los Angeles. Um, so again, just hitting quick on the Oscars um, and how that that's been affected. If you're more if you're interested in, and this is a note for both y'all too, the big picture uh, from the Ringer. They have covered in depth a lot of uh, changes the Oscars have made because of coronavirus. Suggest you go check those out. Those episodes out, they're really, really good. So, yeah. Nice. Big Picture is a good podcast. Great pod. I really We like stand it. good movie pods on here. So, <laughs> um, couple other things. So, this is interesting, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. July 29th, Universal makes a deal with AMC Theaters. 17 days after release, it can put the movies that they play in uh, their theaters on streaming. 60 to 75 days is customary. Three or four theater chains said they would not play Universal movies if this moved forward. Universal is unlikely to try to impose the terms without bringing other theaters into the revenue share. AMC controls about one quarter of the 40,000-ish screens, movie theater screens in the United States not nearly enough to make or break a movie. This was crazy for me to realize because this this is like a deal that a distributor has with a theater chain. So, yes, wait. So, 
They, so 60 to 75 days, so like three months is typically right. how long yeah. you have to wait. And right. now because of streaming, um, or, or it was kind of, this was a response to COVID-19, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a response to, you know, we have to put these movie theaters or we have to put these movies into theaters in order to honor the deals with AMC. And I guess to like keep them in business, because a lot of people have said like, you have to bail out theaters like banks mm-hmm. are getting bailed out or other businesses and corporations are getting bailed out. You have to bail out movie theaters because it's a major industry and they employ a lot of people. Um, but it's also kind of monopolistic. Yeah. I was going to say it was like a, a mafia type deal going on here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about movie theaters, honestly, because like I have to pay it, every time I go to a movie theater, it's like a whole 20, $30 trip because yep. I get, the if you go all out. Yeah, for sure. The, the, there's a ticket and everything. So uh, the senile part of me is like, Oh cool. The movie, industry, the movie theater industry is getting screwed over. So uh, I'm not going to cry over about it. But then again, these are like working people too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I think that's a good point. There are people who who work in that that industry and everything. I think about like local movie theaters. So like, there's a there's a place in OKC called Tower Theater, which I feel like I've talked about before, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, like I think about the Tower and and they because they play movies there. It, it's a music venue, but they'll like show movies there. Like I, they show a lot of indie movies and stuff there. So like a lot of A twenty four movies that wouldn't be widely released in Oklahoma are played there. So, you know, I think about that and like movies, movie theaters like that, that are really hurting right now. And I think about, I think about that with, with just like local venues in general yeah, for sure. about how they're getting screwed. And I, I hate that because I don't think that's fair to them. And there's a lot of tradition, a lot of, you know, a lot of people have memories at these these small venues, these, these movie theaters like that. Um, and, and so, uh, I mean, I don't know it, the whole situation I think sucks. It sucks, especially on the East and West coasts where cities are more densely populated. Yeah. Um, I, I really think, and I believe that drive-ins will experience a resurgence in flyover country. Um, there's one MP out MP outdoor cinema that I've seen, what did I see? Jessica and I went to see How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And then a couple friends and I went to see uh, the Margot Robbie movie Dreamland, mm-hmm. which is a really cool kind of like coming of age, Bonnie and Clyde story um, that I really, really liked. But that that was put on through the Arkansas Cinema Society. And I, I think that where you have low cost geography, you'll have people, um, smart people and who love movies open up some more drive-in theaters because in Arkansas there, I think that there are a couple, there's one that opened in the last couple months, kind of in Eastern Arkansas towards more towards Jonesboro. And then there's one in North Arkansas in Marshall. Um, mm-hmm. that's like an hour and a half or two hours from Conway. So it's like, oh, we, cool. we have never gone there, but I have seen movies there in college, but there was never one in central Arkansas because it's always like it's, it's become an antiquated thing. But especially if like a vaccine doesn't get released in the next year or so, they these could this could become a new source of revenue for for a lot of um, for a lot of businesses. Because what MP Outdoors Cinema is doing is like they're doing they did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and uh, Hitch and other stuff. Sorry, I'm get, I don't know why I'm getting calls, um, but they're just getting the licenses and then they're 
obviously making profits off of them because they have a slate of like great movies to go see. I love drive-ins. I would love to see if see them become a, a staple, um, an expected commodity around yeah, these me parts. Too. I, I haven't got to experience that yet, but I definitely miss the the movie theater going experience. Um, and drive-ins seem like it's the, the closest and safest thing we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime soon so have, have you been to a drive-in olivia i ha- not i mean not this year i think the last time i went to a drive-in uh was like the last time i lived in oklahoma i think it was like 2007 or 8 um there was one um i don't know if you guys remember from our episode with ben and whitney ben and i talked about the one in chickasha oh which yeah that's pretty right, close yeah. i think it's like 45 mm-hmm. minutes from uh our hometown and so um you know, we would go there sometimes, but I haven't been to one this year. I would, I would like to go. I just, I haven't been able to afford to go. So, um, yeah, but I, I would like to see a resurgence. I've like looked to see where some closer ones are. I mean, Chickasha is not that far from, from where I live in Mustang, but, um, yeah, just to see like, what are they playing? Like, I know the one in Chickasha right now is playing a lot of like classic, halloween movies they played hocus pocus and a nightmare before christmas they played some scary movies too so so yeah isaac you alluded to this earlier but didn't you have something from the cdc and about the safety of movie theaters or lack yeah. thereof during coronavirus for sure in late august movie theaters started reopening and i'll think none of us have been to a theater right since since they reopened negatory um i have not olivia you haven't right no, although I have a couple of friends who are like, let's go see Tenet. And I was like, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anne, Anne Ramon, PhD, MPH, professor of epidemiology at UCLA, UCLA Fielding School of Public Health, um, did an article with health.com and shared that according to the, to the CDC, theater is on a list of high risk activities. And it's, mm-hmm somewhat actually I, I would assume very similar to going to church um which we're not doing right now we're, we're uh watching online services um and the other the other thing is like each theater chain has its own mask wearing social distancing and seating arrangement policies mm-hmm. so you just you you don't know like you can bet that you won't sit right next to someone but you might not be six feet vertically like behind or in front yeah. of someone which is yeah. <laughs> worrying before well, Oh, go ahead. Olivia. No, you go ahead. I was going to say just real quick before even the whole COVID thing, I'm, I'm a huge germaphobe. So going to the movie mm-hmm. theaters for me anyway, was sketchy. Like it was a whole song <laughs> and dance for me. It's a little so, bit Chuck E. Cheese for your taste. <laughs> so d- definitely during the whole coronavirus pandemic, I'm, you won't catch me in movie theater or anywhere close to it. Yeah. I know that the, like so the closest movie theater is is like 15 minutes from my house and it's um it's an amc movie theater and like i i've looked to see like what how they've like set everything up but like you can click on a seat and it'll say that like there might not be anyone near you but you don't really know that for sure which i mean i would love to go see a movie but i'm not I'm not trying to sit next. I don't want to sit next to anyone in the movie theater anyway, like during, during normal times, I want to be as far away from anyone else as I can be. And so during this, I'm not, 
I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to sit next to someone. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves for movie theaters is like you have an empty theater and you're, it's you and there's like a couple and the couple just decides to sit right in front of you. I'm like, what? Oh. Yeah. Like, what's, what's the deal that? with that? What happened to common yeah. courtesy and, and human decency? People? Yeah. No, I hate that. I have a, a buddy who shared with me. I met him at when we worked at the church camp a couple of years ago. But he is a uh, he is studying to become a law professor in New York, or not a law professor, a film professor in New York, oh, and wow. just really really great guy. And he shared with me because the human brain le- reads left to right. Um, you sit you sit back and to the left of a in a movie theater. And so that's what I always do every time I go to a theater now. So thank you, Ben. Huh, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's why. That's specifically why I would love to see drive-ins come in. Yeah. In popularity because they're safer and it's atmospheric and kind of retro and cool. Except when your car dies, like mine did. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay, we got to know mo- what happened. Not, we, you can't it's not the movie's fault. I think I, I think I just need to get a new battery. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, actually I figured out what did I do last time? Yeah. You just like, because we went back and I think that, oh, 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 we had the, it was like end of August. So we were like dripping sweat. So we had the AC on too. Uh, And I think that's what, because the other time we went and it was pretty chilly when we saw dreamland and, uh, I just had the, the sound on coming through the radio and everything was fine. So nice. Yeah. Um, so a couple other things just about about streaming and Hollywood and the movers and shakers. Streaming has been a boon to the three of us and for countless people across across the country um, who need to distract themselves with some good entertainment or entertainment in general it doesn't have to be good. <laughs> um, so so stream that's why streaming is important. Streaming will be important um, as we move forward, especially now because of health concerns. Um, so. Mulan, and this is this is a little bit more controversial because Mulan, uh, just a, a bunch you of different things. We're going to talk it. about the Chinese government. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I said Mulan. <laughs> okay. Um, so released on September fourth on Disney Plus, and but you had to pay an extra a premium thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. Right? Uh, yep. And. Something Which that is I saw how much today. you would pay to go see it at a movie theater. I'm like, I'm like baffled by the fact that it's thirty dollars, but I spend countless more dollars on movies. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Isaac. We definitely no, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I'm just here. Y'all just interrupted me, but uh, <laughs> but no, no. I was gonna say if you have two kids, it's like thirty bucks is basically what it would half of what it would cost for me and my wife to take our two kids to see it. So that your cats, your two kids are your cats, not, right? not me. Like I don't have <laughs> kids, but for a theoretical uh, family with two kids. So <laughs> now I'm <laughs> cracking up thinking I about went our- somewhere with that. I could, that was, that was like I, on a tee for me. Right now there. I'm thinking of our two cats, like running around the theater, like jumping up at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> or, or pooping Bro, on the floor no, like down. They do here. Yeah. Anyway, um, so then, then September twenty third, this was kind of where this was a big moment. Disney announced that they were moving Soul to digital release on Disney Plus. I've heard that Soul is one of the best Pixar movies ever. Some some critics who have seen it have said that. So I'm actually pretty excited for it. That's it, I mean, and that's a big deal. There it looks some more. Good- 
it looks more in line with the kind of Pixar movies that I would like to see a little bit more like mm-hmm. day to day, less inside outy. Um, inside out is day to day. No, it's not. Because <laughs> it's like be inside. Where you, be honest, Eric. I haven't even heard of this movie. Soul? You haven't? Soul? With <laughs> Soul, Jamie Foxx? Yeah. And Tina Fey. Oh, okay. It's, it's kind of coming back to me, but yeah. I guess that's just how much of a Pixar head I am. Tina Fey's in it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. My, my girl, Tina. My girl, Tina. Uh, I freaking love Tina Fey. Anyway, that doesn't matter right now. Um, and, and they announced that Disney was going to shift a majority of its focus to streaming. Um, they're still going to put movies in theaters, like their big blockbuster hits, Star Wars, Marvel, um, what are the other ones? I guess live action remakes. Indiana Jones. Uh, National Geographic. <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> um, more national and more geographic. More geographic. More geography. Yeah, the move to, to streaming is uh, is interesting for consumption of movies. Um, I guess it's like necessary since movie theaters aren't a thing. Apparently, it's sped. Disney was always going to do this, but the but quarantine and the v- coronavirus sped up this decision right because you could definitely you're just sitting at home a lot of consumers are just sitting at home yeah, you so could it just have makes definitely sense. saw it coming with disney with like the whole catalog of stuff they were going to release with marvel mm-hmm. like pre-covid um so yeah you're right they did they speed it up for sure yeah mm-hmm. and i know i know people who love to to watch movies at home and would prefer to see movies at home i i, I like going, for the most part me. yeah that's me i like going to the theater um there are certain movies that I, I would like to like prefer to see on the big screen. Um, but I mean, I understand the comfort of watching something in your own home. You can pause it if you want to, you can come back to it if you want to. I personally like going to the theater because then it's like, I, I out of respect for other people, I stay off my phone. I don't get distracted by that. Whereas at home, I, I get very distracted by my phone and, we'll have to like rewind something because I was scrolling through Twitter or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm definitely it, one of the community. That, yeah. 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 It's definitely going to movie theaters, like an event that when you watch a movie in theater, you're like, Oh, I saw that in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at home. You, It's not, you don't remember it any differently. It's like kind of almost like bragging rights that you got to see certain. Yeah. Movies I remember. Theater. I'm like, yeah. I saw interstellar. I remember, I still brag this to me. I saw interstellar in IMAX. I actually saw it with like a bunch of our friends. So I saw a bunch of a bunch of our high school friends or yeah. college yeah, friends. high school and college friends. I'm nice. not name dropping, but name. No, no name drops today. Yeah. Nope. I, I, I don't mind Keep the professional. <laughs> I don't mind the movie streaming. I, I heavily invested into like my TV and home theater setup. So the whole COVID situation hasn't impacted my whole movie consumption experience too much. I just went and looked at the movies that I w- wanted to see this year and all of them, except the French dispatch, uh, all respect to Wes Anderson, but I feel like the French dispatch I could watch on a big screen or at home and have the same experience, but everything else on my list, green Knight, tenant, Dune, the Batman, oh, for sure. and Antlers. I was Antlers is a Scott Cooper, and uh, he directed Out of the Furnace and a couple other kind of under the radar, pretty good movies. Carrie Russell's mm-hmm. in it. It's the first horror movie that he's done, and it looks terrifying. Nice. But I anyway, haven't heard of that, but that's on my watch list now, Isaac. Thank you. Those other movies I would prefer to see on the big screen. So maybe, yeah. maybe we could. Maybe we could uh, dive into that. 
more in some future episodes. So couple the the final bullets here in our timeline. So the beginning of October, um, Dune was delayed until next year. I was very excited to see Dune as a stacked cast. Denis Villeneuve is one of is probably my favorite director. Um, it was scheduled for December eighteenth of next year, and now it's of of this year. Apologies, and now it is delayed until late next year. So probably another year to make sure that the coronavirus is completely blown over and people are going back to theaters. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four the same day was also delayed until christmas i believe i doubt it comes out i bet it and comes out it is almost definitely not coming out if no time to die and dune are not coming out this year there's almost no way that wonder woman 1984 yeah. is coming out which is a bummer because i was so excited to see it so excited <sighs> also this is a tangent and i not a tangent just a sidebar i'm excited to see chris and wig portray a, like a villain i just think it's going to be very interesting to see her do that oh do yeah. you think anyway. they'll have a cameo of Turgut? A sale! Target lady! I love the uh, the Target lady sketch with Daniel Radcliffe. It's an, it's an old one, but <laughs> yes. he's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it a lady who has a haircut where her bangs go all the way around? Yes, her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. October 18th, as of October 18th, Tenet had made 333 million i believe worldwide yeah i think so that sounds and in the u.s it did not meet expectations but i guess that's just our reminder that you shouldn't put movies out (laughs) into a theater during a pandemic yeah that's that's saying a lot because we all know how people feel about christopher nolan and any movie that comes out is super highly anticipated and, and the fact that it didn't make that much and didn't meet expectations is saying a lot about uh, yeah. the climate right now. Yep. The uh, the budget for Tenet was two hundred and five million dollars. Wow. So it, yeah. Like I I feel like with Christopher Nolan movies, typically they the budget like it it very much uh, makes way more than than the budget and like really those numbers. I mean that to me that feels like a lot. That's of money a loss for them. Yeah. But yeah, that's like a loss to for for a Nolan movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Also, I, it's just real quick. It's just mind-blowing that you can spend 200 million dollars on a movie. Yeah. But and I say that I love dollars. Michael Bay movies, so. <laughs> <laughs> More explosions. I didn't know that, Eric. I'm a Michael Bay fanboy. No, I, I knew that. I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> But I will forever block you uh, talking about him in, on the pod. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, we should have an episode where we just we pick our our favorite, like a favorite director of ours that most people don't like, and just defend it, defend that director. I will defend Michael Bay to the grave. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that would be for me. I don't know who that would be for me either. I, I think I maybe um, maybe David Lynch. Do people yeah. not like he's him? He's got a cult-like following. My wife say. doesn't like him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Think on it. Think on it. We'll, we'll think on it. That'll we'll come a back good to one. it. I think this, one of y'all came up with this question. Despite the bleakness and disappointment of this year, what were some positive film-related experiences you had? Dreamland. Seeing Dreamland was definitely mine. Um, and then also, two nights ago, I watched Palm Springs finally. You finally Man, watched that? What a great movie. It made, me, it made me happy, made me laugh. Yeah. Great 2020 release. Yeah. I would have watched it if I still had my Hulu subscription. Oh, Eric, I, I might just let you borrow mine so you can watch it. Uh, the trailer looks awesome. It's uh, good. 
it's really good. Um, Sandberg really is so movie. good in it. Like yeah. I've never seen. I guess what's her last name? Miliati. I haven't seen her Chris, in anything else. She was. She was in How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Yep. Oh, wait. Who? Think, who is she? The umbrella chick, right? The the mother. Oh, she is. Yeah, that's what she looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Sandberg is like, it's just so weird seeing him not Jake Peralta or. <laughs> rod it's it's pretty interesting when like these comedic actors and people like take a turn and do serious movies it always adds like an extra element to it or the reverse jk simmons oh, Palm yeah. springs that's yeah true. that's true <laughs> yeah. it's unhinged it's so easy it's so he yeah the cast is really good um her name is uh kristen milliot milliot i think it's milliotti but i could yeah. be wrong. something like that but she's really good in it too. I I feel like she should be in more things as well. Like, I, I just I thought she was really great. Um, Here on Flyover Film Country, think that she should be in more things. She should be in more things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Andy Samberg is so great. I I have loved him since he was on SNL, and so it's cool to see him do stuff, more stuff like this. So, uh, All right, what about what about y'all too? We're running up on time. Got about yeah, three Eric? minutes. Um. So I like discovered my love for like Korean South Korean movies. Um, it all started when I, I saw Parasite uh, when I was in Houston last late November. I saw it at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, um, like I it was like a whole rabbit hole. It's like discovering like a whole new genre almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so like all the great movies I've seen this year have been Korean movies, like uh, The Handmaiden and memories of murder those are my two favorites from this year nice nice um for me i just had time to actually watch movies this year so so that has been super fun to be able to actually sit and watch some of these movies that have been on my to watch list for a while and also this podcast came out of this year so yeah that's a good one did we talk Thank about you. that on mic how this pot yeah we talked about that i, I think so yeah i think we talked about it with um todd right yeah yeah. I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. All right. Well, are we out of time. I think we are. I think we okay. are. But this was a great, a great discussion. Olivia, Eric, thanks for hopping on tonight and yeah. talking I about fun as always. how uh, movies were affected in 2020 because of COVID-19. Please come yeah. on. So. It was good. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our listeners to uh, being with us this year and, and listening to this with us or going through this journey with us. Uh, please, uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review as well. We'd appreciate that a whole lot. It means a lot that you listen to this episode. If you have any thoughts, please comment, uh, share on social media. Um, this is our second to last episode for the year. Which is crazy. Which is wow. crazy because we started with Scott Pilgrim and now we're here. That's a journey. That's a journey right there. Our very last episode, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite Christmas movies, which will be so fun. So get ready for that. And on January, or that episode will come out on December 26th, the day after Christmas. So you can uh, sip on some eggnog and Irish cream, listen to our very, very fancy uh, didactic podcast episode of our favorite Christmas movies. And on January 2nd, we will talk about our top 10 movies from 2020 which will be a lot of fun. Can't wait. I'm and very then, excited. Ooh. And then, and I think that we need to announce our series afterwards because we failed to do that on our very last Watchmen episode. Oh, yeah. And we promised that we would. 
we are going to cover the films of Jeff Nichols. Jeff Nichols is an Arkansas-born director. Um, He's directed Matthew McConaughey in Mud, Joel Edgerton in Ruth Nega in Loving, and Michael Shannon and Kristen Dunst in Midnight Special. And he is a great dude and a very, very unique director. And we love him because he's from Flyover Country. So we will launch that series on January 16th. And we are very excited for it. It'll be great. I'm very excited. Also, Reese Witherspoon was in Mud as well. Can't forget Reese. And you forgot Take Uh, Shelter. Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain. Oh, yes. Jessica, Isaac, Jessica come on. Get it together, come on, man. Dude. Look, come I on, did dude. this off the cuff. I should have prepared. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you did great. You did great. Okay. We'll just cut it out. It's fine. We'll, we'll clip no, it together. The whole thing? Uh, nah, I'm kidding. No, nah, it's fine. We're doing great. No, I was fine. We're super professional. We're very professional. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a great night. We will talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.